Hey everybody, welcome to Social Beauty Makers, the podcast where every Sunday and Wednesday, we're bringing you fast-paced, powerful 15-minute episodes meant to inform, educate, and inspire around a variety of topics, including trends in all things tech for the professional salon industry. Today, I'm here to talk about salon best practices and a, a bit of related math, much of it with the help of some artificial intelligence, my latest obsession. I'm Gordon Miller, your podcast host. Thanks for tuning in. Let's get started. ChatGPT, you've been listening to the podcast, you've heard me talking about it. I recently upgraded to four. They uh, have been most recently been at version 3.5. Four has like, I think it's a hundred times more power um, in terms of generally speaking, what it's able to do and the speed at which it can make it all happen. It is freaking amazing. I asked ChatGPT to list, and this is a quote, the question I literally wrote into the platform, list five metrics that salons and or hairdressers should focus on when analyzing their business and considering how to improve their bottom line. And so it came back and I'm just going to read some of it and maybe throw in some commentary, but it says, quote, when analyzing their business, considering ways to improve their bottom line, salons and hairdressers can focus on the following key metrics. Average revenue per client, per customer, actually, it says average revenue per customer. This metric helps measure the average amount of revenue generated from each customer by tracking this metric. Salons can identify opportunities to increase revenue through upselling, cross-selling, and offering additional services or products to customers. Sounds really basic. And I'm sure some listeners are like going, yeah, okay, what's so special about that? Um, I will say the average professional I talk to cannot tell me what their average revenue per customer is. Um, and you can look at it a couple of ways. One is that kind of lifetime value of a customer. Like, what is that customer going to spend with you year over year over year? And how long, based on other metrics, do you think they're going to be there? That's a really important calculation. Um, but another way to look at it is is average ticket. And I think you know that is closer kind of to the ground of what you do every day. And it's important to know that because if you can up that ticket, you know, just by let's say 10%, 15%, 20%, everything can change about your business. So that's the number one thing on ChatGPT's list. Number two, very logical, customer retention rate. Customer retention rate measures the percentage of customers who return to the salon for repeat visits. And then it goes into conversation about how that uh, speaks so much to loyalty. Customer retention has been one of the biggest problems the industry has had for as long as I, I know it. And um, a recent um, conversation I had with the folks over at Boulevard, they were pointing out that I've heard it's very consistent what I've heard in the past um, from folks who have you know analytical information, many of the of the um, software platforms and the apps, and that is it. Um, by the third visit or so, or I would say, follow, I'm going to say by the third visit, that we've lost almost seventy percent of clients on average historically in the industry. That's a lot of that's a lot of loss for a lot of work, you know, to get those clients into the salon initially, whatever that takes, whether it's word of mouth, which is its own kind of work or marketing, you know, but it's a lot of work. And then we have to replace those clients. And so, you know, holding on the clients is, is kind of the gold standard of, of building success in this industry. Um, they talk about, you know, using um, resources and, and how do you measure you know, the efficiency of all the different resources that you are using in the salon. And a resource could be something, um, a really logical one would be back bar, hair color. We have a lot of conversations these days about, about utilizing hair color, measuring hair, hair color scales, all kinds of approaches. And there's many ways to, to do the analyzation. You don't have to necessarily have complicated uh, machinery or, or, or apps to do so, but many of them make it easier. So, but you know, measuring the utilization of resources is actually really, really important when you're managing 
profit and loss, and then cost of goods sold. And when we think of cost of goods sold, it's usually um, applied to a good, quote unquote, that you're selling, which means retail predominantly or other things that you might sell. But you can also do this type of analysis around service providers and you know what is the cost of providing a service, a haircut, a hair color. These are, these are all really important um, areas that we, we should be focusing on. And again, ChatGPT gave us a little bit of information. It concludes by saying, by regularly tracking and analyzing these key metrics, salons and hairdressers can gain valuable insights into their business performance, identify areas for improvement, and make informed decisions to enhance their bottom line. It's important to note that specific metrics may vary depending on the salon's business model, size, and goals. So it's recommended to customize the metric base metrics based on individual circumstances. That is probably the best advice in all of this because as an industry in today's world, especially numbers just get tossed out and they become, you know, kind of, um, you know, just the number because we heard it once or we heard it twice and it doesn't necessarily apply to everybody. And it, again, different business models, um, costs generally are different. The percentages are different. So that's a, that's a really big, you know, idea. And I, I, I can't say it enough. Next, um, this is this is fascinating. Um, and again, I use ChatGPT for this. So I hear so often when we talk about what a great industry it is that everybody has a hairdresser and everybody you know has the opportunity to have their lives impacted in a positive way by their hairdresser. And and I love that bigger idea in the industry because the people that you touch, I think you know you do have a, a profound opportunity to change their lives. I think as importantly, we need to understand that not everybody does have a hairdresser, and yet. I consistently hear this year after year, especially at big events where we're talking about, you know, why what we do is important because quote unquote, everybody has an hairdresser. Well, according to ChatGPT, you know, um, approximately, uh, let's see, 97.96 million adult women and 53.44 million adult men in the United States go to a salon at least once a year. It's worth estimating that these are rough estimates and there's all kinds of factors that should be considered. Um, that works out to 59% of adult women and 32% of men who go to salons or barbershops at least once per year. And that's fascinating. And, and what it really speaks to is the opportunity, especially as the industry evolves, to market to more people who aren't going to salons to get them in. And I think, you know, we have all these conversations about the importance of spending money as an industry to market the career of cosmetology. And yet we almost never talk about um, the need as an industry, a larger industry, to market the value of services in the salon. Um, there's a lot of folks, you know, who just never get there. And I don't think that they necessarily truly understand how life could be better, how life could be easier, um, how life could be more joyful, you know, to... Uh, to go to the salon, and especially at a time when appointments are scaling back. You know, it feels like in the last 10 years or so, and actually going all the way back to 2008, 2009, following the recession, when we saw a big change in, in frequency. So as frequency goes down, and some of that's offset by, by price increases and, and folks who are coming perhaps less often spending more money. But generally speaking, as appointments scale back, we need more people in our chairs. And so I think, again, a really big opportunity to um, you know, kind of sort that out. Also, using those same numbers, when we look at our industry as being a $54 billion industry, and that's the number most commonly used um, in recent times, and PBA uses that number, and I've heard it from others. So that's the big industry of the salon, 
from every angle you look at it and also includes um, barbershops and, 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 and spas, skincare services, the whole enchilada. So if you take those guest numbers, um, client numbers, um, it works out to $360 per person per year on average. Again, using the numbers that I talked about um, at, 50, at 54 billion. By the way, you know that includes retail. And those numbers are by as of uh, 2019. So they're a little old uh, because the one thing that ChatGPT does is when it looks at analysis, it, it always tells you where it's getting that information and, and, and you know, kind of what the aging of it is. So I think you know, that, that's really interesting and important. Um, also, this one fascinates me. Well, it's, it's the 80-20 rule. Anybody who listens to me knows that I, I love to talk about the 80-20 rule because every time I turn around, it seems to be right. It's, it's just kind of crazy. But there's been a lot of conversations throughout the industry, and especially I would say it's a manufacturing and distributor world about you know, kind of the math of business models. And recently, I was watching a webinar for the industry, and they were talking about you know, independence and, and, again, this kind of movement you know, in that direction and, and what it might mean. And again, if you listen to me, you know, I've, I've said I don't think it's as, uh, as big a movement as people have thought it is, knowing what the stats looked like even 10 years ago when, when a third of the industry was independent in different ways. Yes, sweets are new and growing, but still. And it's important that we know like, what is the right number. So what I heard, and I heard it from multiple sources, and that in different contexts, but all headed towards the same thing. And this one was about distributors and um, one very big distributor and, um, and their sales and who their customers are. And the statement was that 80 out of 100 customers at this very, very big distributor um, are independents. And that out of that 100 customers who are buying things from them, that 20 are salon owners. So 80% customers independent, 20% salon owners. And a person who was talking to me about this was like, oh my gosh, you know, that tells the whole story. You know, 80% of the industry must be independent. Um, and I, I walked away scratching my head. I didn't quite know what to do with the information, but took Cody, my rescue girl, out for a walk that evening. And I, I think I had some clarity. I want to break that down a little bit. So we're talking about 100 customers. Of every 100 customers, it goes to a big distributor. And by the way, they have many hundreds of thousands of, of customers who are going into the two gigantic distributors in the professional beauty industry. And if 80% of them are considered independent, those would be chair renters, you know, those would be those who are in suites, you know, the classically independent professional. And assume that number is, of course, right. And 20, again, shopping through that distributor, um, are um, owners, not independents. And what came to me about that is that most owners represent themselves and the people that they work for when they're shopping. They're not typically shopping only for themselves. And this, again, is of a, of a traditional salon. And so if you think of it that way, and, and the average salon is about three and a half people, so let's round it up to four. Of course, there's bigger salons or smaller salons. But those 20 owners, if on average, they represent four people, that would be 20, who are the customers, times the four people they represent collectively, and that's 80. So now we have 80 independents and an owner buying or owners buying for another 80 people. So you have 80 people who are independents and you have 80 who are in a more traditional salon. And that would mean 50-50, that 50% of those who are purchasing represent the independent space and the other 50% are purchasing um, perhaps for a smaller number of units, but they represent the same number. So now we're at 50-50, which, which I'm really fascinated by because 
I have long believed that that's about where the industry is, about 50% independence, 20% owners. And because most owners are hairdressers, we, we very often, when we talk about you know, what everybody does, we take all hairdressers and all salon professionals, spot professionals, and we break them down into those who work independent and those who work commission. And we leave the owners out. You know, they're just not talked about. And owners of commission salons are typically not paying themselves commission. So, so we have to understand that. And this is just a fascinating way to look at the math. And I, I bring it up because I think it's so important that we don't take math always, you know, just like literally, you know, and that we, we consider just what all that means. Another 80-20 thing, and this has just really been on my mind lately. I don't think I've brought it up on the podcast, maybe a little bit. Um, again, 80-20 rule. And I mentioned, actually I did, I mentioned in the, I think in the last episode or the episode before that there's a study by Harvard many years ago that looked at service professions, including hairdressing, and came to the conclusion, and it was a couple other studies that kind of landed in the same place, but came to the conclusion that 80% of success um, can be connected to what we call soft skills, people skills, communication skills, you know, customer service, consultations, and that only 20% could be connected to technical skills, meaning that the customer was you know, really looking at the service, the results of the service, the results of the technical work, and making a decision as to whether they were pleased or not, you know, just based on, on those skills. And I've said many times on the podcast that most customers, myself included, were just not that discerning. But um, when it comes to how you make us feel, we are all good at that. We are all good at that. And that helps us to, to really understand you know, the results of this study. I'm going to tie that to education because when you look through all the education being offered throughout the industry, classes it shows, um, independence coming into salons, brands going into salons, one-on-ones, um, um, -on you know, all the different education that happens. And also you know, the education that's online. I would argue really strongly that 80% of all that education is technical, is technical. And at best, at very best, 20% of education is business. And so what I would say about that is that everybody should be thinking hard about the education you get. Everybody should be participating in it. But when you kind of do that math, and I encourage you to do that math, look hard at what you're taking. And if you find that 80% of what you're taking in a year is technical in terms of education, um, and the rest is something else, hopefully some serious business, some soft skills, different things, then it's time to kind of rebalance your plan for education. Not a hard thing to do. There's so much great business education out there at all the events that are going on. There are people who come into salons, there's coaching companies, coaching services, there's podcasts so you know, where you can kind of self-study education and that counts by the way. Um, so again, I, I just think that, um, yeah, there's, there's, there's an opportunity in this. And like many things in life, we got to kind of dig into the math to find the challenge, number one, and then find our way to a, a solution. So um, I'm out of time, but um, I kind of enjoyed that. Um, I, uh, I hope you did as well. Um, math, again, a huge passion of mine, and I want to dig into it more in the future in, in some different ways. If you have not gotten out there and, and tried some of these AI platforms, in particular ChatGPT, because it drives most of the platforms that you, you may be seeing, things like Jasper and you know, all kinds of things are very fundamentally attached to ChatGPT. 
um, get out there and play with it. You know, again, use it on a personal level. You know, uh, find your way around. Uh, if you get serious about it, and more and more professionals I talk to are, they're they're really getting in there, they're loving it, they're finding that they, there are applications to the work they're doing every day. Whether it's using it to help them with social posts or using it to write things, I mean, again, there's so many values. Um, consider upgrading if you're that person um, to Chat GPT four. I did so a couple of weeks ago. It's twenty bucks a month, and again, the the computing power, um, what it does for you, uh, it has expanded capabilities that uh, it's just been greatly enhanced. I can't say enough good things about it. Um, so again, my time has run out. If you like what you heard, I encourage you to visit socialbeautymakers.com and sign up for my free e-newsletter for more content and early access to the podcast. If you like the podcast, I'd appreciate a rating, review, subscribe, um, or better yet, share it. Um, All those things help more to find the podcast. I so appreciate you considering it. Once again, thank you so much for tuning in today. I'm Gord Miller, and I can't wait to share more with you again next time.